welcome to Buena Vista, episode 155. I am Ben, and I am here on the International Space Station, doing a live stream where I pour some water into a tube or some shit. Uh, making this incredibly difficult is Andrew, who is floating between me and the camera, chasing a 1960s Playboy magazine that he smuggled aboard but has temporarily lost control of. Hello, Andrew. Hello. Um, my mother said before I got on the shuttle that I should maybe, like, uh, hole punch the corner of it, run a bit of string, <laughs> you know, like a, how... You don't want to lose your mittens. Just like tether it to your yeah. spacesuit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, but of course, I had to take it a task because who's going to use a hole punch on a mint 1960s Playboy? I mean, arguably, why would you take that with you into space as well? But you know, fair enough. You want me? Uh, you want me going through your stuff? You want me smelling your underpants while I go to town on myself? <laughs> no, you're absolutely no. right. I'm, I'm very considering good other people. Thank you so much for bringing that up here. Um, I, I, I hope you get that back in your hands sooner rather than later. Well, it's not happening anytime soon, I'll tell you that. <laughs> uh, but we're not alone up here. Uh, down the hallway from us, addled with space madness and surreptitiously trying to drill a hole in one of the station's Soyuz modules so that we're all first re- forced to return to Earth, it's Theo. Hey, Theo. Hey. How are you guys going? I... Let, how are you going? No, I'm doing well. Are you? Yeah, no, I mean... Okay, I know, I know mm. you guys are kind of looking at me a little bit weird. Yeah, well, no, we're looking at you probably normal for the way that you look currently. Okay, well, I'm hearing you, but I'm also hearing uh, whatever's on the other side of this hull. <laughs> um, <laughs> certainly, uh, it raises a lot of good points um, about uh, us being on the inside, uh, the absolute majesty of space being on the outside mm-hmm. and only a, th- a little thin wall separating us yeah i'm and just saying we just want to can i, I kind of just, just i'd like tear to address down this wall that thin wall that you're talking about and there. let us get sucked out mm. yeah into space syrup yep okay and i yeah caressed so by the cosmos when you say so that so on so forth it looks like yes. you have a power drill behind your back currently okay. and now i'm just saying that you don't want to mm. criticize the the means, okay, but to the, getting the end though out there. Yes, so the yeah. end mm-hmm. is all of us being out there and right. sort of some mm. space in here. See, what I like about being inside the International Space Station is um, uh, the proper regulation of my body temperature, yep. uh, the the supply of oxygen. Uh, I love those things. And you sort of seem to be leaning towards going to a place where we won't really have either of those. No, but you won't need them, Okay, is what I'm being told. Could you... So, you, you're sort of being called to in a sort of a, a, a siren song fashion. Would you say this is coming from any particular direction in the direction of, say, any particular celestial body, say, a moon <laughs> orbiting one particular planet? Uh I mean, it's it's impossible to say. Would you say it's maybe coming from a sort of a Titan-esque vector? Maybe I, I couldn't, I couldn't possibly speculate. Mm. Um, but I mean, I if know, you like, you did some sort of quick calculations, back of a napkin type deal. What do you reckon? How do you reckon that would bear out? I I really feel like Titan, and I may be giving away the game here, mm. uh, is sort of all around us. <laughs> Well, More it, in that specific direction, um, you know, 281 uh, north and all the rest. I'm not, mm-hmm. not really quite sure how latitude and longitude work in space. <laughs> space is a flat plane as far as I understand. Yes. <laughs> so you need one number for a direction. It's quite good, actually. <laughs> I mean, I've, I've always been taught that um, you don't know whether or not you'll like something until you try it. Try it twice, <laughs> I say. You know? And like, uh, mm-hmm. I, I think that, frankly... Your attachment to uh, a regulated body temperature, mm. um, having any concept of which way is up and which way is down, you are holding onto that like a baby with its security blanket. Right. And your sort of suggestion for my own personal growth mm-hmm. uh, to surrender this security blanket that's holding me back uh, is to eject myself into the cruel and punishing void of space. Well, are you getting any closer to Titan stuck in here? You know what, I, just where we, you know, the last couple of months on the International Space Station where we've been, yep. Theo, definitely space madness. You just were kind of haughty all the time. I didn't realize you were going yeah, through a similar a kind sort of, of... space madness. It's a symptom. 
It's more of a symptom. <laughs> and to be honest, I have just felt really gratified that Theo's more obvious space manners has really been taking the attention off mine. Yeah, I, I forgot about the guy in Solaris who's just jacking off all the time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> like, we all hear the siren song. We're just not all making a big deal out of it. Yeah, well, no, I mean, I've in got the training, there's in, a lot of, so. lot of criticism <laughs> on uh, being, being on the outside. They sort of... A lot of dispersions <laughs> cast. Um, I would just say for those people that have not enjoyed it uh, on the outside, um, it's the problem is they just did it by themselves. You got to bring a friend, mm. two, if you can. Yeah, and I can only think of my two best friends. Titan calls for friends. You know, oh, I mean, I certainly know. I'm, that's what I'm trying to tell you guys. <laughs> I've started listening to. Uh, the the NASA's Johnson's Space Center. I don't know if that's what it's called. I think if you arrange those words in some order, that is the name of it. Uh, but their their podcast, Houston, we have a podcast, uh, which is you were so mad when you heard that way. I hate that name so much, <laughs> but it's been slightly redeemed for me because the theme song to the podcast is an absolute fucking banger. Like it just goes off. Like it accelerates as a relatively mild calm piece of music and within five seconds it's just wall of sound shit going on uh so it's it's sort of been brought back to me but it's it's weird listening to a podcast where uh every single person that speaks on the podcast is a like genius like they are someone who is they excel in their field they're like the best of the best they know i I never hear that but i don't listen to our podcast myself i'm just (laughs) they they like these are all people that are just like crazy ass subject matter experts that like any one of them will mention any other thing and the other person will be well across it but they are also most of them don't have any social skills (laughs) it's an amazing combination of just like being very impressed by these people but then listening to them try and wade their way through like not quite understanding each other for quite a while uh, See, you're listening to the stuff that makes you smart and know more, whereas I've just been listening to uh, the seminal spiritualized album, Ladies and Gentlemen, We Are Floating in Space, over <laughs> and over again. It's a good one. It's a really good album. I'm a, With all this Space Manners talk and the obvious signs of Space Manners that at least two of the three members of this mission are exhibiting, mm. I'm a little concerned that it has been taking a lot of our attention off... Uh, the monkey that is also on the International Space Station. Oh, Copernicus. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he's wearing glasses. <laughs> he's holding... A cigar. And they won't let us do that, which is really weird. No. Um, he's got his glasses on. Well, I mean, you try and take it off him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, he's reading more and more books on his Kindle. He will not share it with me. Yeah. <laughs> And that's why he's not getting a look at my Playboy. But similar to you, uh, Andrew, he is jacking off constantly. (laughs) Have either of you guys noticed that he keeps opening these sort of manila folders that have a clearance level on them higher than we have? (laughs) (laughs) I definitely saw Theo's picture in one of them. That's all I'm saying. And he immediately snapped it closed and growled at me. (laughs) I thought I saw that as well, but it had like just a big red cross over the front. It was very strange. Mm. Fail. (laughs) Fail. So, um... I don't know, I'm kind of concerned. Uh, he is starting to look at us very suspiciously. He keeps going back to the part of the spaceship that we do not have access to. <laughs> yeah. And I think it might be something to do with the tests that we've been doing on monkeys. Uh, it's been written about in the Max Planck Society for the Advancement of Science. I don't believe that's real. Mm, it's, real. it's real. Which which part? Max Planck? <laughs> uh, Max Planck, pretty funny name. Uh, there's a whole society about one guy called Max Planck. You have just made Theo so <laughs> mad and you have no idea. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Oh, but, uh, but I'm reading here a headline that I believe upset all of us when we saw it. <laughs> it's not a good start. <laughs> it's a really, really bad start to any article. Um, do you think that this is uh, do you think that this fits into the the one thing we didn't want to happen category of story? Do we have a combo of uh, the nature corner and the one thing we didn't want to happen theme song? No, we oh, don't. Imagine if we did. Oh, we might imagine have to put our best Theo. If you want to work on that, that'd be really great. Okay, well, <laughs> we'll get ready to roll why that why one don't out. Why you in just leave a gap in the podcast where you can edit it in? And then... <laughs> <laughs> Fucking goddamn it. <laughs> 
Instead, I will say before I read the headline that we do want you to know. This is the one thing we didn't want to happen. Very upsetting headline. Human brain size gene triggers bigger brain in monkey fetus. <laughs> this is it's big, the plot swollen of brain. Deep Blue Sea, except they can climb trees. <laughs> has anybody ever seen the... Um, has anybody ever seen the Notorious Bomb uh, adaptation of Green Lantern starring Ryan Reynolds as the Green Lantern? Oh, you mean the one directed by Michel Gondry? <laughs> Was it? Oh, wait, no, sorry, he did Green Hornet. No, yes, please strike Hornet. that from the record. It's oh. got Taika Waititi in it, though, as a, like, the sort of comedic offsider. Well, what's weird is they, they get Taika Waititi to play um, Richard Aoti in the IT crowd. <laughs> they get him to just be Moss. Did they make him American as well, or did I make that up? I don't know. They give him the glasses and everything. Um, because, uh, what's his name? Peter Sarsgaard, I want to say, is one of the bad guys in that. A parallax, or he's the scientist that gets turned into parallax, or is possessed by parallax. Uh, he is a scientist who is like, at, at some point during the movie, I think they just kind of gave up on this as they went along. Um, but he, he starts to get a giant brain. Oh yeah, and it's very funny. He gets he gets zapped with something, and then he just starts growing a great big super brain. And it's one of those ones that kind of works on paper in a comic, but once you give a guy a really large brain, uh, in a live action thing, it's not. No, he it's, looks it's, like an idiot. Uh, it's very bad. It's very goofy, and it's never going to pay off for you. <laughs> it doesn't work at all. Um, I don't know what the name of the, the character would have been. His, his bad guy character. Dr. Greg Parallax. It's, it, it's absolutely something like Brainiac or some <laughs> comic book shit. <laughs> oh, boy. And that's what this monkey's starting to look like on the spaceship. Big swollen noggin. Yep. Yep. <laughs> As soon as I was leading into... Uh, yeah, I thought you were going to start reading oh, look, the article there and then... Anybody... I, I did actually give a warning before we started on the show that my, my brain is not firing on all cylinders at the moment. Um, due to something that happened to it last night. Uh, didn't really have much to do with me. No, those picklebacks just flew into your mouth they of their own accord. So delicious. You tripped and fell onto a pickleback oh, multiple boy. times. Well, what? Andrew's brain's not firing on all cylinders, unlike this monkey brain, where they added more <laughs> this, cylinders. Isn't that right, Ben? This monkey God fetus's brain. Damn it. Wow, the old bait and switch. <laughs> all right, let me read from this very heavily cropped down press release from the Max Planck Society for the Advancement of Science. I spent... Yes, it begins, say, oops. <laughs> <laughs> it just starts with lol, exclamation mark. It's just a paste bin apology. <laughs> Mistakes were made. For some reason, this press release is a screenshot of the Notes app on an iPhone. <laughs> it's a very long, 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 uh, not very sincere apology. Uh, here we go. Uh, the expansion of the human brain during evolution, specifically of the neocortex, is linked to our cognitive abilities such as reasoning and language. A certain gene called ARHGAP11B, or classic, classic gap. Uh, that is only found in humans, triggers brain stem cells to form more stem cells, a prerequisite for a bigger brain. Past studies have shown that ARHGAP11B, when expressed in mice and ferrets to unphysiologically high <laughs> levels, causes an expanded neocortex. <laughs> Honestly, giving ferrets the bigger brain sounds worse mm. to me than doing it to monkeys. Just imagine them trying to get into one of their little ferret tubes and just getting their brain stuck. <laughs> Please, no, the one thing that brings me joy. Bring the ferret tube grease. <laughs> uh, but its relevance for primate evolution has been unclear. Researchers show now that this human-specific gene, when expressed to physiological levels, causes an enlarged and enlarged neocortex in the common marmoset, a new world monkey. The human neocortex, the evolutionarily youngest part of the cerebral cortex, is about three times bigger than that of our closest relatives, the chimpanzees. And its folding into wrinkles increases during increased during evolution to fit inside the restricted space of the skull. A question for scientists is how the human neocortex became so big. In a 2015 study, 
the research group of Violand Hutner, a founding director of the MPI-CBG, found that under the influence of the human-specific gene ARHGAP11B, mouse embryos produced many more neural progenitor cells and could even undergo folding of their normally unfolded neocortex. <laughs> this unsmooths my brains. <laughs> hey, I folded that up carefully. <laughs> I'm just imagining the, the mice just like deep in thought and then suddenly you hear a <laughs> noise. Oh, this is so incredible. Uh, the results suggested that the gene ARHGAP11B plays a key role in the evolutionary expansion of the human neocortex. However, it has been unclear until now if the human specific gene, Jesus Christ, ARHGAP11B would also cause an enlarged neocortex in non-human primates. So we gave it a go. <laughs> so we just injected it into some fucking monkeys. Uh, to investigate this, the researchers in the group of Violent Hutner teamed up with Erica Susky at the Central Institute for Experimental Animals in Kawasaki and Hideyuki Okano at Keio University in Tokyo, both located in Japan, uh, who had pioneered the development of a technology to generate transgenic non-human primates. Which I believe just means putting human genes into monkeys, which is <laughs> what could go wrong. Terrifying. Uh, the first author of the study, postdoc Michael Hyde, travelled to Japan to work with the colleagues directly on site. They generated transgenic common marmosets, a new world monkey, that expressed the human-specific gene ARHGAP11B, which they normally do not have in the developing neocortex. Uh, Michael Hyde explains. We found indeed that the neocortex of the common marmoset brain was enlarged and the brain surface folded. <laughs> uh, furthermore, we could see increased numbers of basal radial glia progenitors in the outer subventricular zone and increased numbers of upper layer neurons, the neuron type that increases in primate evolution. Hmm. They have sped up monkey evolution with some sort of super serum. Uh, oh, God. Sorry. This last paragraph is the part where it gets terrifying for me. Uh, Violent Hutner, who led the study, adds, we can find our analysis analyses to marmoset fetuses because we anticipated that the expression of this human-specific gene would affect the neocortex development in the marmoset in light of potential unforeseeable consequences with regard to <laughs> postnatal brain function. Uh -huh. We considered it a prerequisite and mandatory from an ethical point of view to first to determine the effects of ARHGAP11B on the developmental development of fetal marmoset neocortex. So this is the first step. Before slapping the face of God, we felt it best <laughs> <laughs> to tickle the face of God <laughs> and see how he reacted. So they're doing it on fetuses first, which implies that they planned on just being like, okay, well, let's tailor some... Marmoset-sized clothing, because who knows what they're going to turn into. <laughs> you got to walk before you're on. Oh, it's so start, true. Start making our um, uh, tiny monkey-sized monocles now. <laughs> and um, then you, you need extras, too, because when you inform them what has happened to them, they'll be so shocked that they will break their first monocle. My God, this is... We, scientists need to be stopped, just sort of generally. <laughs> no more of this If this is what they're doing Are you thinking that we should get together and form Like a Max Planck Society for Just reeling science back in <laughs> the, the Max Planck Institute For the not advancement of science Yeah For the halting of science Yeah. I, uh, I just saw this headline and I was It's one of those things where Like every week I'll sort of Have a look at vaguely nature themed Journal article headlines And every single time They've always sort of oversold it, you know? It's like a, a, a really dramatic headline and then you'll read it and it will be like the lamest shit in the world. And I was like, oh, it sounds like they're giving monkeys more advanced brains, but they're definitely not doing that. And then just <laughs> read the article and was like, oh, no, oh we are fucked. We're giving them two brains. And, uh, speaking of being fucked, how about the international air travel industry? Am I right? That's a perfect time for you to play the Plainly Speaking theme song. Okay, I'll play it now. Uh, this is your captain speaking. Please return your seats to their upright positions as we are coming in hot on another edition of Plainly Speaking. It's not really a song, is it? No, theme 
A, a sting? Would you I think call a sting. That? A sting is probably right. Oh, right. There's right. no way to find these things out, so we should probably <laughs> just move on. Yeah. Great. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but I think the thing I miss the most about being able to go overseas is the flights. You know, it's being in a different destination, pretty cool. But being on a plane, <sighs> love it. It's pretty good stuff. And my favorite thing is, now I don't know if you guys have had this before, but sometimes when you're on a flight, um, they will give you a very, very small portion of somehow both cold and extremely hot food. Mm, they uh, call that, it a meal, but they're laughing when they say it. <laughs> what is the deal with it? Uh, it generally doesn't taste like anything and it's very, very small. And I love that. That is uh, something that I look forward to every time. But uh, it's a shame because you can only have them on planes, right? That's well, wrong. Understanding. Yeah, you are both until. wrong. Oh. Uh, <laughs> because... Uh, some struggling airline catering companies uh, are doing what they swore an oath that they would never do when they started, but they're selling their food to people that aren't on planes. Uh, I got Did a, they swear that they would never do that? That's what you do. You take the airline food oath. <laughs> never shall this food be ate by someone whose feet be upon the dirty ground. You know what the problem is? Is... Um I think that everybody has very much just kind of compartmentalized and contextualized airline food in the flying on a plane context. Because, you know, you kind of go, yeah, it sucks, but choices are pretty pretty slim, you know? Not really a lot of other people coming down the aisle offering me a meal. Um, But (laughs) then you eat one in an environment where you could just like walk into your own kitchen and fry an egg. Do you reckon it's maybe a dangerous game for airline catering companies to let people find that out? Like I sitting in the comfort so. of their own home, eating it, and just being like, oh, hey, what the fuck? This sucks. This sucks. <laughs> well, it's not even like, um, you know, there, you, there are already a variety of ways in which you can receive a prepackaged meal. You can get yourself like a frozen TV dinner type thing from Coles. Uh, it'll be very cheap. It'll be shit from a supermarket, from wherever. Uh, you can get like the, what do they call them? Um, like the HelloFresh Hello kind Fresh. of uh, pre, pre-prepped meal delivery stuff where they give it to you and they say, here's a card where we teach you how to fry an onion for two minutes. And then you just kind of assemble it. There's some of those sorts of things. There's like your lean cuisine type um, or or like the, the diet meals if you're... I don't know, doing personal training and you're trying to control your portions or your calorie intake or whatever. But all those things kind of exist for different reasons. Like either because you're doing it for like exercise or weight loss or something or because you don't have the time to prep a meal. Nobody's not on a plane and saying, I wish I could get that that indescribable uh, weird cube. I crave the cube above all could, else. Oh, I wish I could have the protein cube uh, that's under the layer of plastic. Although if you're flying in Australia, um, they go, oh, we will give you a meal. And that's like a, a cup of water and like a little bag of pretzels. Oh, yeah. It's, it's just embarrassing. The fact that they're even doing it is it looks bad for them. They should stop. Weirdly, when I uh, flew domestic in India on like, I'm pretty sure it was one of the cheaper airlines. I got a full fucking meal, like a big curry and stuff, for like a one-hour, two-hour flight. It was wild. Huh. I was taken aback. They must have been absolutely gunning it to get that heated up and out to people. (laughs) Yeah, they must have been. (laughs) Well, uh, if if you want to replicate this experience in your home, uh, Gate Gourmet which is a international airline catering company. They are selling frozen in-flight meals in bulk out of Sydney, Brisbane, and Melbourne airports. They were selling them out of Perth, but they are sold out. Uh, honestly, for the price that they're selling for them for, I am a little bit intrigued. I think that the price here is the differentiator. They are clearly desperately trying to move their warehouses full of frozen uh, meals that they just can't get to go anywhere. So for like 20 bucks, you will get 10 random breakfast meals. But I mean, is that good? Because like two bucks, but they're also very, very small. They're tiny, right? But it's still two bucks. I don't know. Is that good value? How long does it take to drive to the airport? Half an hour? 
I believe I believe that I would class the size of an airline meal generally as pathetic. <laughs> yep, absolutely. Yes, a meal for babies is what also, they are to me. Like if they're making these with the standard recipes, like if this is just literally the stuff they would have on a plane, aren't they like airplane foods meant to have way higher levels of salt and sugar in them because of like pressure levels on a plane, I think deaden our ability to taste sweet and salty foods. I don't know, so but can, I'm always I'm already putting a lot of salt and sugar in whatever I eat anyway. So Well fine. maybe these are perfect for you. Maybe, maybe this is exactly the thing you've been looking for. I don't maybe know if I'll you guys like, want to finally someone has seasoned their food properly with a cup of sugar over the top of these eggs. If you guys want to maybe have a look in the notes there, I've got yeah. some examples of uh, the meals you can get. So they've provided two images. Uh, one is the normal thing you get, which is a disgusting little black tub of food. Mm-hmm. And then the other is a plating suggestion uh-huh. where they've they've apportioned it and then they have put two very just like big haphazard things of rosemary on there as a garnish on top of the eggs. Uh, uh, may, I, may I describe this for the listener? I would love it if you did. Okay, so... Uh, the first one, the plating image, bird's eye view, uh, let's a say... flat lay, if you will. Yeah, flat style. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's say somebody has... You've, you've been given a quick scan of a Polaroid of this uh, breakfast. Maybe it's some kind of hostage situation. I don't know. Uh, but we've got eggs. We've got cubed, I'm going to say, briefly fried tomatoes. Oh, I was struggling to identify what that was because... I reckon it's meant to be like the vaguely British breakfast type of thing of you've got some some bits of fried mushroom, some bits of sautéed spinach, you've got some some diced fried tomato and a thing of eggs. I now, I would just like to point out... I don't think that is tomato. I'm looking at it. No, and I th- it you, are you on board with tomato here, Theo? No, 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 I'm not. Oh. I, I'm not there, there is tomato in this. It looks like it's some sort of... Potato tomato yeah. combination. Let's call the whole thing. Um, <laughs> uh, well, it could be. It could be like a. It could be like a um, little home fries scenario. You know, with some tomato mixed through it, something like that. It doesn't bode well that uh, uh, like a quarter of this meal is unidentifiable <laughs> to the human eye of three separate people. That's actually their tagline. Uh, three out of four <laughs> things in this look like food. <laughs> But I would just also like to point out that, uh, again, the concept here is that you receive this in a frozen form. You put it in the oven or the microwave, uh, and then you peel the top off. You carefully plate it up and put your rosemary on top, and everyone says, ooh, gourmet breakfast. Um, But I cannot think of four ingredients for a breakfast that I think would be, like, less well reconstituted from a frozen state. Then scrambled eggs, some tomatoes that have been in a pan for 40 seconds, and like a, a lump of spinach. So like spinach, spinach freezes pretty good. Everything else in there freezes like ass. Mushrooms, that, those mushrooms you get in those fucking things are always just the worst. It's And they don't look good. I'm looking at the picture that these people have used to try and sell it. And you're just like, you can see the bad texture of that mushroom visibly. God. Yeah, very much. I would also suggest that I know these meals are two dollars each, but there is approximately eighty cents worth of produce in this meal. Mm. You can just do that yourself. Yeah, I would say that there is one mushroom here that has been sliced thinly. Um, maybe half of a potato. <laughs> uh, two eggs, maybe two eggs. Uh, I'm say I'm one quite and a half sure. eggs from looking at it. The eggs do look, um, I would describe them as obliterated in terms of however you would like to make your scrambled eggs. Uh, They look extremely dry. They look more like grits than eggs at this point, you know, which is never a great sign. So I guess we'd better go down and buy 60 meals and see if we like them. I guess. One thing I was was looking at the website and they've got a thing at the top that says uh, the majority of chicken and vegetarian meals are halal. Cool. So if you only eat halal, you're doing like a fucking Russian roulette of just being like, maybe. They said Could the be. majority. Awesome. How is that helpful to anyone? Very strange. Well, you know what the problem is? When you're down at the airport, um, lining up to buy your 600 frozen meals, and you're trying to get a straight answer. Hey, which ones are not halal? Which ones are halal? And they're like, 
Most of them. <laughs> <laughs> Can I get a hard percentage on that? No. Uh, like like a, a good share of them. Oh, hello. And you're thinking to yourself, hey, how am I going to solve this problem? And one obvious answer is to impose Sharia law on the entirety of the country you live in. That would really, that's like a, it's cutting straight to the heart of it, a real Gordian knot solution to the problem. Yes, it would solve this very specific <laughs> problem that I'm having with the airline food. And that's why I was very happy to receive a flyer that informed me um, of all the ways in which COVID-19 was actually a conspiracy to convert the world to Sharia law. Um, unfortunately, bad news for me and my airline meals. <laughs> USA Today has run a fact check. It's, and this is, this is a, yeah, that, that's the noise I was looking for. Um, it really uh-huh. does make you sigh to consider that like a large newspaper in America has to run a fact check on whether or not, quote from the headline, COVID-19 restrictions are not related to imposition of Sharia law. Oh, what a bummer. So this is from the article in USA Today. The claim, steps to limit the spread of COVID-19 are the first moves to impose Sharia law in the United States. What kind of brain do you have? Sorry to pull this up so quickly. But to have that sentence just light up parts of your mind and have like serotonin release to be like, yeah, yeah, no, I, I, that sounds that that sounds about right. It's ticking that a lot of boxes That sounds about like the whole me. of it. That's <laughs> like... Well, it, f- it fits. I mean, it doesn't <laughs> yeah, that's, seem so. That's it. That really does fit with everything that I'm seeing around me. <laughs> it's like the people who freak out about, like, um, you know, Cadbury's chocolate and Milo and stuff having the little halal thing on them. <laughs> like, God, I, I can't even get into. It's like so. that's oh, next thing you know, playing the the call to prayer at the footy. But uh, so they have tried to explain the flyer away here. Uh, This social media post claims that steps adopted in the United States to limit the spread of the coronavirus, such as the slaughter of hogs, closing of bars and churches and cancellation of sports, are actually part of a secret agenda to facilitate the spread of Sharia law. Misspelled in the post as Sharia. (laughs) That's lowercase s, uh, lowercase s, h... I-R-I-A. And I will point out that they've misspelt it as such four times in the flyer. So good. Sharia law provides a framework by which Muslims may live their lives. It is based on the Quran and the teachings of the Prophet Muhammad. According to the Library of Congress, some provisions of Sharia law clash with Western concepts of personal freedom and equality between the sexes. That also has made it an easy target for extremists to point to when attempting to vilify or demonize Muslims. And I believe we've talked about a number of these things and particularly the way people freak out about them in Australia on previous episodes. Uh, The social media post states that among the actions that point to the adoption of Islamic law in the United States is the slaughter of 700,000 pigs a week. Muslims avoid all pork products for religious reasons and the coronavirus outbreak forced the closure of slaughterhouses across the country. Damn. Demand from restaurants, closed by the pandemic, has also dropped. That has left farmers with more pigs than they can handle, leaving them often with little choice but to euthanize their hogs. Horrible sentence. That horrible euthanize sentence their hogs. Very, yeah. very bad. Yes. Um, and of course, this is this is also that thing that we keep talking about of like, where a bunch of markets are closed and farmers are like, well... Better just, um, better just till all of this fresh produce into the ground. Nowhere else it could go to while we are in a situation where like hundreds of thousands of people are losing their jobs and don't have access to unemployment benefits and all that kind of thing. Nothing to be done but set all these pigs on fire. I also enjoy the fact that this is sort of like munging together a whole bunch of nonsensical concepts to form like an overarching nonsensical concept like the um the like widely held belief that muslims uh hate pigs and that's why you know it's it's against the law to eat them and and that sort of thing and so you see all those fucking you know the disgusting shit in in tom clancy novels where um in in one of them a a counter-terrorist like 
pushes like an American football into the hands of a dying terrorist so that he would have to touch like pig skin. Um, pig skin. That, is that a real thing? I believe it is, and I'm don't I can't look it up right now. So everybody else, just go and quickly look that up, and either yell at me or don't. Um, I choose to believe it's true because I hate Tom Clancy, so that's uh-huh. that's fine. Uh, but it's it's nothing to do with the fact. I mean, it's 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 like you know, it's it's like the the Jewish belief of of not not eating pork because I mean, back in the um the times when this was written, it was practical too. But it's just like it's just being put through the filter of Facebook uh, memes and and stuff like until it emerges as whatever the fuck this is, as if you can't just walk down to the shops and buy buy bacon at every single fucking grocery store because there's an oversupply, not an undersupply. So this is from a 2003 review of the Tom Clancy book, The Teeth of the Tiger, in the Washington Post. The novel's most bizarre moment occurs after a shopping mall shootout. Brian Caruso, confronting a dying terrorist, dashes to a nearby store and returns with a football, which he forces into the man's hand. It's a pigskin expletive, I'm assuming it was very racist, whatever they've got over there, made from oh, the Lord. skin of a real Iowa pig. Apparently, now, this that's just quick thinking on his part. <laughs> A lot, like, because when you hear that, you think, oh, yeah, he's some guy who's, like, on a mission overseas and he always carries his football in his pack for throwing around with the boys. No, he had to go to a store for that. I'll be right back. Really going the extra mile to be a fucking huge bigot. Give this guy CPR until I return. Uh, Apparently, this indignity will block the man's journey to paradise and the milk, honey, and virgins that await him there. We are deep in Clancy country, where the natives communicate in a (sighs) bewildering mixture of spook speak, military tough talk, and bureaucratic buzzwords. Lesser mortals are called pukes, or weenies, and terrorists (laughs) are mostly mutts. Good lord. Oh my lord. Very cool. This is amazing. If Clancy likes a word or phrase, he does not hesitate to use it twice, or 20 times, or 200 Someone says of the Caruso twins, their mum must have punched out two eggs instead of one that month. And later, one of them declares, Excuse me? Mum punched out two eggs that month. What does that mean? She punched out two eggs that month. Uh, like, like, she punched she out two twins. eggs. That's all there is to it. Physiologically, okay. Uh, we're told twice that if a man is worth shooting once, he's worth shooting twice. Twice that there is a saying in Texas that more men need killing than horses need stealing. Uh, twice that the okay. terrorists didn't come to the United States to sell Girl Scout cookies, and maybe 50 times that real espionage is not like the movies, and hundreds of times that email messages have been encrypted. Uh, also, so, uh, just looking at the summary of this, this is uh, a short summary of what the novel's about. The Teeth of the Tiger is a thriller novel written by Tom Clancy and released on August 11, 2003, set in a post-9-11 world. It is the first book to feature the campus, a covert intelligence agency created by President Jack Ryan. Yes. He made his Jack Ryan character president? That rules. He has a baby's brain, or he had one. <laughs> R.I.P. Beautiful. He died on the toilet. I hate to say it. My goodness. So, um... Sorry, I'm very distracted by Tom Clancy and the pigs there. But according to this, uh, this thing from USA Today, the slaughter of pigs has nothing to do with Islam. The post also states that bars, along with churches, are closed in accordance with Muslim beliefs. This is true, but has nothing to do with Sharia law. Uh, the moves are tied to social distancing measures backed by science and health officials and adopted by the US and much of the rest of the world to limit the spread of COVID-19. This includes limits on houses of worship where people gather together in large numbers and often in closed quarters. Close quarters, I should say. Um, I do enjoy looking at this flyer that says... The entire world shall be Muslim! Exclamation, exclamation. COVID-19. Farmers are killing 700,000 pigs a week. Sharia law mm-hmm. prohibits pork products of any kind. Oh, it stands to reason. COVID-19. Cancelled all sports. Sharia law prohibits all sports. I find that one interesting because, like, um, the... Like, the, the lightweight champion of the UFC and, like, one of one of the most... Uh, I guess one of the most popular athletes in the world at the moment is Muslim. Mm. Like, um, like there's whole stretches of the year where he doesn't fight because he has to do Ramadan um, and can't do his whole training camps and stuff. Uh, but I guess nobody told him. Well, that's a shame. You, uh, sports, sports, no good. He's going to be very no bummed bueno. when he finds out. Yeah, I mean, hey, first thing, you know, you're playing a sport and somebody's throwing a pigskin at you. 
And that's why you got to get rid of the spots. Oh, dear. Sharia law prohibits any religion but Islam. Mosques remain open. Also, not entirely sure that's true. Who's the quote from down the bottom here, Ben? Dean Fuckett. <laughs> no idea who that is. No, I don't know who Dean Fouquet is. Also, what do you reckon that image is? It's... I don't... Uh, just seems to be the aftermath of a, of a bombing somewhere or some type of attack or something. It's very confusing. It's really not clear. But uh, I think that the people who make these things aren't really that worried about like uh, accuracy, relevance, spelling. No. Any of that sort of stuff. It's But yeah, I mean, the, the whole thing with this is that this is a very good example of why fact-checking is so stupid. Like... This will never reach the audience that you're trying to correct. And to anyone else, you look at it and you just go, yes. Oh, my God. Yeah, why, why would you do this? Like, just the bottom is so fucking funny to me. This is how they finalize it. Our ruling, false. <laughs> <laughs> we rate this claim as false. The steps taken Ooh. are scientifically based and recommended by health officials worldwide to try and stem the spread of COVID-19. The social distancing measures are not based on the views of one religion. Thank you so much. I'm sorry that, uh, but we're going to have to award this poorly spelled crude flyer five Pinocchios. <laughs> that is the most Pinocchios that we can award it. It makes me think of, um, like, uh, kind of related. Um, friend of the show, Ben Jenkins, posted something recently saying, I think it was Ben Jenkins, saying that he has had to, like, watch a whole bunch of Donald Trump speeches for work. Like his stump speeches at rallies and stuff. And he was like, the thing that a lot of journalists won't say about Donald Trump is that a very good portion of the things that he says that people have a big freak out about and do fact checks of and stuff like that, he's joking. Like, and you you can see when you watch the things, he's joking. He's having a great time up there. He's doing his set. You know, he's doing his open mic night. He's doing his famous I can drink water bit. Famous I can drink water bit. He has he has a bunch of things. Uh, obviously, he also says horrific shit up there. He also gets up there and says, the police should be beating the fuck out of people and smashing their heads on police cars when they put them in the back. Uh, he does say a bunch of stuff like that. But he says a bunch of things that are just him, like, taking the piss, being a dipshit. And... The problem is that, like, it's still a thing that the President of the United States is saying, and journalists then feel as though they have to write about it breathlessly as, oh, he said, (laughs) as far as we understand, Joe Biden is capable of drinking a glass of water. (laughs) Like, you have to seriously address all these things that he's saying, Mm -hmm. and and it's just... It's like this. It's like fact-checking a stupid fucking racist social media post in a newspaper. Like, it it, it does so much more damage to the newspaper than it does to the dumb post. Just this ridiculous, like, constant race to get to the bottom of everybody taking every stupid thing that everyone says really yep. seriously. It's like if we had a dog for president and the dog got up on stage, the first and only thing it did was sucked its own dick. And then every media outlet has to immediately type out, president dog today sucked its own dick. But here's why, here's why that doesn't represent us as Americans. Yeah. We are better than we're, this, Mr. We're president. We're better than a dog on stage sucking its dick. Here's why that's not normal. <laughs> and then some people are like, I support my president sucking his own dick on stage. Uh, excuse me, I think you'll find uh, that President Dog was joking when he, <laughs> he sucked his own dick. He was sarcastically sucking himself off. <laughs> he, knew, he knew you guys <laughs> were going to freak out right about it. you fell right into it, didn't you, you fucking <laughs> lefty journalist? President Dog on stage sucking his own dick thinking, oh, they're going to walk right into this one. <laughs> Got him. Laying a careful trap for us to write about President Dog sucking his dick. Did you guys yeah, and I th- watch any of those clips? Like the the, the water bit and the rap? No, no I've never seen a dog suck his own dick. <laughs> you watched any of the greatest hits of President Dog sucking his own dick? <laughs> no, I think, like, I guess, um, I guess uh, in the same way that, you know, this pandemic has 
has laid bare all of the like massive institutional failings that America has. Um, all the problems with its healthcare system, all of the problems with the police, all of the problems with trying to get any significant portion of your citizens to even remotely consider anybody but themselves, you know. And, and th- things like that, the trying to get people to just be responsible citizens who aren't actively facilitating like the spread of a, a disease that's killing hundreds of thousands of people. You can also look at that and say, this is also a direct result of these endless culture wars and making everything political. Everything has to be like either yes, I'll wear a mask or no, I won't, I won't let the deep state cow me into submission by helping me not die just all of this sort of stuff. And um, obviously, it's it's laid all of those massive failings bare, but Trump is just such a specific instance of just showing how incredibly powerless the media is to grapple with him in any form. Mm. There's just... When the when President Dog's up there sucking his own dick, what are you meant to write about it? You know? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. None of us do. We weren't ready when we came to the speech today. We weren't ready to see a dog sucking his own. Dick and you got to write something because you've got to generate ad revenue. So silence on an issue just isn't an option. We condemn President Dog's act. <laughs> this is something that, like, obviously, this is not quite comparable because this is not really the sort of website that pedestrian was, right? But like, there is a thing you get when you're writing about the news where. You feel like if you strike a sufficiently like that there is something in being like, I saw a bad thing, I'm going to write that the bad thing is bad, right? That you feel like you're doing something mm. and you get kind of brainwashed into that because, you know, if your job is to write stuff that people will read, you feel like there is some utility in doing it and it also gets traffic for the website. It's like the self-fulfilling thing of being like, this is the correct thing to do from all perspectives. I'll just do this all the time. And then after a while, I sort of realized that I'm just like, I am just bringing stuff that sucks to more people's attention. And like, it is pointless. And there's no real way to write about it that doesn't do that. You're better off just not doing it. So for like the last six months that I worked there, people would just be like, wow, you should write about this. And I'd be like, no, I, no. what if we just ignore it? <sighs> And then what if I write about Bigfoot instead? <laughs> that sounds better. It's just well, yeah. I guess that, like you're saying, there there is a certain point with particular things where it's like how, uh, yeah, like like Trump specifically, I think is is sort of the ultimate pinnacle example of it is almost impossible to provide any type of commentary on the things that he does from day to day without participating in. The, the way he wants things to be discussed. Like, yeah. kind of can't do it. It's weird. I think I also get annoyed by people that are like, just straight out like, well, you're giving them attention, blah, blah, blah. There's definitely some, I don't know, there's some middle ground there, but it just, it feels hard with Trump. Like, we basically never talk about him on this podcast because it's not fun, funny, or useful. No. Like, there's nothing there in being like, he mispronounced a word today and it's going viral and that's epically win to me. It's like nothing. No, no, it's like the Arctic's melting, dude. That like we we can't we can't help this. Well instead It doesn't it, matter. Instead it feels like it, it feels like we're all just you know, in the midst of a never-ending mudslide, like trying to grab onto anything around us and say, here's here's some sure footing. Surely we're at the bottom by now. <laughs> and like, th- there were so many things in the first like six months to 12 months of Trump's presidency where it was like, that's it. That's the craziest thing that a sitting president of of the United States will ever say will ever project out to the world or anything like that. And then I feel like we all just, like, were completely overwhelmed by this never-ending deluge of it and things just getting stupider and stupider. And we've got all the way to the point of, you know, having these mass protests and riots and everything um, over there. 
and the president sitting around and being like, the army should shoot them. Like, having him just be like, hey, people who don't agree with me should be murdered by the militarized state via his, you know, official channels of communication, which is like so much further down the mudslide than tweeting hamburgers. (laughs) (laughs) And they're all things that make me feel like my brain is cooking like a frog in a pot. He he's sort of like the perfect weapon. He is <laughs> the, the fucking the creature from species. Like he just every single thing that he does is unbelievably either shocking or infuriating in some way. But there is no there is literally no recourse. It doesn't matter if you are like uh, someone with a lot of power or someone with no power, you cannot touch him. Outside of, like, finding a way to assassinate him, you have got nothing you can do. Like, you know, he'll say a bunch of stuff in a speech that is just wrong, and people will be like, that's not right. And then his press secretary will be like, it is. And then yes, people say, is. no, yeah. it isn't. And then they'll be like, well, agree to disagree, and then you're done. <laughs> or he'll say, yeah, we should be shooting these protesters. And people say, well, you can't say that. And he's like, ha, 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 I didn't want to get water on my tie. And then you're like, what fucking, that's not still, you can drink. With-. And then you just, you get angrier and angrier. And then you do nothing with that rage. And then we're just left with this guy who, you can't touch him. You can't do anything about it. It's, so it stops being funny after a while until every now and then he'll say something we would just be like, oh, Okay, that one. Was All right, that funny. was pretty good. Yeah, but it's just you can't. Can I can I say which one made me laugh recently and it shouldn't have? I would love to hear it. Where when he was doing his thing and he started talking about the kung flu. Oh great! Now you're racist. <laughs> and it's, it's just it's terrible and it's racist and everything. And I was like, but that's a new one for him. It's also it sounds unnatural coming out of his oh. mouth. I think it's so forced to try and piss well, people off. Well, everything sounds unnatural coming out of his mouth. Oh, that's true. China, um, but yeah, I, I guess like it is. It's infuriating in many different ways, and this isn't to say that there is nothing that can be done about anything. We're not we're not trying to portray any particular like. Uh, nihilistic viewpoint or anything I think it's more just that we can see that the things that are actually having a real impact are people getting out and being part of a mass movement and getting out and making themselves heard in the streets and pulling down statues and you can see that that is having um, you know a really direct impact all across the states at all levels of like um, local and state government where you know even I, like I know it seems stupid, but even even the things like NASCAR are just without being made to saying, "Yeah, we're going to cut it out with all this Confederate flag shit." Like there's been been a, a big wave of all of these different things from um, people in local government saying, "You know what? No more cops in schools. Uh, we're not doing cops in schools anymore." Just all these little steps. Uh, approximately 0% of those things happened because somebody replied, sir, this is a Wendy's to Donald Trump on Twitter. <laughs> like, there, there is just... Absolutely none of this has been done by, like, John Oliver calling him a, a bumbling Cheeto or whatever on oh, the show. Fuck, did you see the... Uh, fucking what's his name? John... Um, the guy who had The Daily Show before. Stewart? Yeah, the John Stewart tweet the other day. Uh I did. Yeah. Let's let's trend this. I've never like it's just such an overwhelming sadness to see that of <laughs> just being like, mm. oh, we're so fucked. Yeah, that that sort of weird the fucking asterisk your type satire where you're just like, Okay, well you're just not doing anything, are you? And then that's the only thing that like sort of liberal politicians know how to do in response as well it's yeah Yeah. i get like i said my point is not to say this is all fucked and it's not worth anybody doing anything because that's not the case but it has laid bare that you know over over the course of decades that i think media as a as an industry as a complex has become so entwined um with politics and with lobbying and with being owned by corporations and all these things that they are just effectively 
powerless. Like there is no there is no ability for them to embarrass Trump. There's no ability for them to like make him change anything he's doing or get anybody fired from the administration or any of that sort of shit. It's like Stephen Miller's still there, you know? All that sort of stuff. So I I guess I guess what I'm trying to say is that I don't think that it is particularly nihilistic or counterproductive or ignorant or anything to say, I just don't think I need to pay attention to what he's saying on a daily basis. I think that that's okay to do for yourself. You know? Mm. Just one man's opinion up here on the space station. (laughs) And there's a lot of opinions going around here about which ocean moons we should maybe relocate to. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's important that we take Copernicus the monkey back to Earth, shave down his brain to a manageable size, and then try to reintegrate him into a community. Get the old brain plane out. Get the old brain plane out. <laughs> we smooth need... out those folds that we accidentally put in yeah, there. Yeah, we need the reverse of that gene. <laughs> Just yeah. get a real, a real tension going on that surface. <laughs> so, um, you know, we... We want to take him down. We want to get him somewhere that's going to be good for him. And that brings us to this week's Nature Corner. Country roads, take me home to the place I belong. Uh, so we're going to take Copernicus and we're going to take him down and reintegrate him into a community. And I think we found the perfect one. Uh, this is from the mirror with the headline, humans forced to hide from sex addicted monkeys who set up headquarters in disused cinema. Mm-hmm. Now there's something really tantalizing to me about the use of the term headquarters. In this, <laughs> this implies that there are maps on the walls. There are maybe some blueprints being spread out. Um, you know the whole scene from the first half of Die Hard Two, the one at the airport, mm-hmm. where they um the the bad guys um, take over like a church just near the airport, and then they bring in all their like cool equipment and set yep. it all up and everything. I just gotta say, uh, in movies, I absolutely love where people wheel in cool equipment. Yeah, huge fan of those scenes in specific. Don't know why. Fucking love and, them. And I am picturing that scene, but it is monkeys manning all of the like um, transparent radar overlays and stuff. You know, it's fun to see uh, monkeys do human things. <laughs> Their finger on the red button. Mm-hmm. Oh my Tapping a little radar. Boop, boop. Yep. <laughs> uh, who shall we attack next? My sex-crazed colleagues. That's <laughs> <laughs> what they try to plan. Um, well, apparently the, the uh, who shall they attack next is uh, everybody in the Thai city of Lopburi mm. um, who thought the best way of appeasing the Randy primates was to feed them junk food. But the sugary diet has made the problem worse. Oh, no. Now they're all hopped up. <laughs> oh. Um, now they can jack off three times as fast before they crash. You know? uh-huh. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, well, it's no good. Once they work out how to show a porno on the uh, on the cinema screen, it's all, it's all over for us. I'm imagining uh, it like uh, like Gremlins 2. They're all in the theater, like hanging off the curtains and everything, mm-hmm. all yelling at one poor projectionist who's trying to get an old print of Debbie Does Dallas on there. And one yep. of them Who is a sexy a lady. Ooh, <laughs> the one sexy lady monkey. Um, now, unfortunately, uh, you know, as we... As we've seen, there's there's lots of lots of stories of, um, I guess the balance of power kind of shifting a bit back towards um, wild animals in in uh, you know certain places. Yeah, like so, the, the dolphins that went into Venice and then knocked all the gondoliers off their gondolas and then stood <laughs> yes, the gondolas and, and paddled the gondolas. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, you know those uh, you know those documentaries that are like this is what would happen if like humans just disappeared, um, mm-hmm. and like uh, you know after twenty years or fifty years this city would com- be completely overgrown. It's like that is happening now, just in smaller patches, 
Just a yep. little cinema filled with horny monkeys, you know. That's how it. That's how it starts. I think that's how the uh, the start of um, Peter Jackson's movie Brain Dead starts. Uh-huh. Bunch of horny monkeys. Um, so they've they've set up uh, HQ in this, slashing out at anyone brave enough to try and drive them away. Uh, so they've given them a bunch of fast food, um, and this has made life miserable for the people of Lotbury. Um, and <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, they are. Uh, <clears throat> the macaques are laying their dead to rest in a projection room. <laughs> mm. Yeah. <laughs> As locals struggle to come up with a plan to reclaim the streets. Oh, no. The oh, monkeys God. are independently uh, inventing religion. See, now, what life has done here is life has just made a big mistake in screenwriting and that I am now sympathizing with the macaques. Mm. Uh, and I believe they are the good guys in any human macaque conflict. Well, you say that, uh, but one resident of the uh, of the city lamented, "We live in a cage, but the monkeys live outside." <sighs> I have flipped my allegiance back to humans. <laughs> oh my really God. makes you think, doesn't it? Uh, she continues, uh, "The excrement is everywhere. <laughs> the smell is unbearable, especially when it rains." Uh, this is this is awful, by the way. I. I I actually, I'm. I believe we've made ourselves clear as an anti-monkey. Podcast. I think you've I'm made sure. yourself clear as okay. pro-monkey cop. Uh, something that I never agreed to. I don't like it when uh, humans are injured by monkeys, obviously, but also I respect the monkey as a creature. That that is true. Huh. You have to respect the monkeys, um, especially when there's uh, twice as many of them in two years, uh, and there are. Committing large brawls in the city streets. <laughs> it's uh, so it's now, cool. now it's reported that the parts of the city have become no-go areas, oh, so they no. are implementing Sharia I've law. I've just realised what this is now. <laughs> yep, this is definitely a, a reactionary right-wing blue-check reporter claiming that there are no-go macaque zones. It's just a video of him walking around town while macaques are doing their shopping. Uh, and the monkeys made a nuisance of themselves by tearing through shops and businesses, leaving a trail of destruction in their wake. I really feel like this is a The Last of Us 2 situation where there's no heroes and no villains. It's just humans and monkeys. But the rope coiling mm. physics, though. Incredible. I thought, I thought the villains were incredible. the people that you shoot with a gun, causing them to scream no, no, and they've beg for got, mercy. <laughs> they've got names. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, boy. So, um, you know, I guess it's good to hear that the monkeys are winning somewhere. If if they're having fun, it doesn't sound like they're having fun. Like it doesn't sound like the monkeys are having fun. It doesn't sound like anyone in that town is having fun. It sounds like the monkeys are freaking out, getting mad, wanting more junk food, which frankly isn't going to make them feel any better. Oh, so they're, they're sterilizing the monkeys as a way of dealing with this. Oh boy, I don't know if uh, the the mirror website is extremely horribly laid out. Uh, yeah, really no, I, very confusing. I, I felt like I got to the end of that article about six times, uh, and then I was like, because I'd been fooled so many times, I kept scrolling past it. Now I've just got like horrible targeted ads that are specifically targeting me. CPAP makers running scared after new snoring solution unveiled. I'm fine with my CPAP, thank you very much. I just spent a lot of money on it. A new, a new snoring solution. Has running scared. CPAP makers running scared. Has CPAP inventors. Blocking their ears, howling at the moon. There's a CPAP inventor's wife who has just come home to find her husband like frantically stuffing clothes into a suitcase <laughs> and saying like, get the photo albums now. Don't ask questions. They've solved snoring. Start the car. Start the car. We got it. We have to leave tonight. <laughs> oh my gosh. This is, these ads, uh, it's, they're very, we, very bad. We have to leave tonight. It's the final snoring solution. <laughs> no. Sorry, everybody. Jesus, it's been a long day. Oh, boy. So, I think that that is about all of the bad things from the world that we can bring to you today. (laughs) I think we've been clear on what the moral of the story is. The moral of the Mm -hmm. story is, world's going to hell in a handbasket. It's been claimed by horny monkeys uh, and led by a man who is, frankly, far too proud of drinking a glass of water. That's why we're all up here and encouraging you to come to space and go to Titan. I just hear it's it's lovely on Titan. I hear it's so nice. This time of year, it's very special. You don't even need to bring anything. 
Ooh, don't even need your body. Nope. We'll deal with that when you get here. Thank you, everybody. Uh, if you would like to support the show, you can head on to patreon.com slash Vista and uh, give us your wonderful five US dollars a month. Um, that will get you an extra bonus episode every week, which I believe Ben has decided he's finally he's finally willing to throw up the old paywall again. We've yeah. been doing free bonus episodes for quite a while now. Um, as an expression of support and love. And <laughs> now we've the, decided to stop expressing we, support we and love. We are withdrawing our love. Yeah, unless things get really, really bad again, because they look like they might, judging by the numbers coming out of Victoria and New South Wales today, and the fact yes. that none of them were international transmissions. So, uh, woo! Let's woo. see how we go. Yeah, so that's it for us, folks. Thanks for stopping by. Uh, we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.